And welcome back to Hey and I Drive Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything through snow in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased here. Uh, I am your host, Brian in KC. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, that is at HEFPod. Follow us on Instagram, that is Hey, I tracked Frankfurt. And you can also uh, drop us a line. Uh, that uh, email address is uh, hey, I tracked Frankfurt at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash HEF pod is for all the latest Eintracht news and information in the English language, all in one convenient location. You need to look nowhere else. And I usually do this podcast uh, with uh, at least one, if not more, friends to commiserate in the good in the bad times and celebrate in the good times we'll decide in the next few minutes where this is exactly taking us but i have none other than chris in detroit joining me chris let's forget about the nfl sound good you got to start with that that's really how you want to lead me in here <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you should do this I mean, one alone <laughs> yeah but uh hey Hey, the, the, I think the I think you enjoy the Royals Tigers. So how'd that go? Uh, it went well. It, it was a better season for us than for you. So I got bragging rights. One shitty team over another in baseball. <laughs> not gonna lie, it do, it is a shame that we do not have Nathan in St. Louis with us because his team has only won all the games uh, since we were last recorded. So goodness gracious me. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, no other team is as interesting. Um, as we're losing the listeners right now because of our Major League <laughs> Baseball discussion, let's talk about the match in question, which was Eintracht 1, Kuhn 1. Um, there are few matches that I've ever been crazy critical of a referee, and this is one of those. Does this season start off? the way that it kind of did the other year where we just couldn't buy a win until, you know, we were a little bit into our European run. Yes. But not going to lie. Like, if you look at the match, Chris, I mean, if we had a different referee, I think a different result would have occurred here. Regardless of whether it would have been Eintracht win or Cone win. Yeah, it was weird. You know, I know you're an official yourself. It's not, it's not a appropriate answer usually to blame a referee uh, for a win or a loss, or in this case, a draw. But there's plenty of criticism to be had by both sides, and if both sides agree this guy was shit, then he was probably shit. Uh, we didn't do anything <laughs> to help. We didn't do anything to help ourselves. But I think it's a fair argument that he just wasn't making the best calls there you know he'd kind of lost control early it was out of control the physical play especially from the cologne side some dangerous tackles some dangerous head play i mean at one point there were four or five guys on the ground with blood coming out or or head injuries of different nature and it just seems like he lost control in the first 20 minutes and that carried over through probably the first 80 minutes of the game would agree would agree um for me, I think that the I'll give kudos to uh, both uh, teams in terms of uh, making the substitutions that they did. Uh, Luka 
Gideon from uh, Cone, who went out uh, due to a head injury, as well as Eric Durham. I personally believe that it should have been done before these guys were on the pitch. But you know what? At the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, the result is the result. I, for one, liked how Timmy Chandler played out on the left. It, this match does kind of force us to kind of rotate the squad a little bit. I think this is going to be to for the overall greater good for the Eintracht long term in the season. It just sucked that, you know, you had freaking Eintracht going up against a team like Cologne who just was ready to rock and roll and run all over us. It it seemed in the first few minutes that we really were having troubles uh, wrestling control of the match back, which I would say that Stefan Baumgart really put out his Cologne team to really frustrate the Eintracht, and I think we really showed some grit to be able to make the turnaround that we did because we because this is not a team that uh, is easy to wrestle away things from. I mean, this is a team that um, is has been pretty much firing on all cylinders. They've been keeping healthy. They've been playing a lot of teams tough uh, throughout the entirety of the match. So I think uh, but, us holding together the way that we did was good. Did you get a little bit annoyed hearing that announcer on the English world feed just go on and on about this new mindset at Cologne and how it's just, oh, it's a whole different world and it's all fucking rainbows and butterflies over there. And I'm like, he lives in Cologne. There, I get that, but they're seventh. I think they were eighth when the match started, whatever. But it, I get it. They've had a couple bad years, but it's not like they don't have the resources to, you know, turn it around on a dime if they want to. I still think they're a mid table club, but you know, Better than relegation fodder they looked like all last season. Yes, but it went on for a good 20 minutes about that. Maybe I'm, yes, I'm a little bit jealous because Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be us in that spot right now. It's seven and looking better than we really are. But I think the part that, the reason I'm not entirely pissed off by this effort is that we got beaten to hell physically. Uh, They definitely Mm -hmm. came out as, as the tougher team the one that wanted it more. It is concerning now that we're allowing goals in the first 20 minutes pretty regularly. Um, We were kind of the hot start team in in recent years, and now all of a sudden we're the slow start team. That's very concerning to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But the way that we rebounded after going down with that first goal pretty early, 14th minute, I thought we, we settled in a little bit, maybe from the 20, 25th minute onward. Um, we didn't really control the game statistically, but we held our own and we were patient. And uh, the goal that came from Bore off that setup from Kostic—you can't ask for anything. That was beautiful better. to be able to see that. Beautiful for Just his perfect. vision and to see that. The way that he left it on the ground—I mean, that—that that was a pass on the ground that covered about thirty to forty yards. And you're sitting there like, "What the hell?" Kostic never puts it on the ground like that. And then it ended up right on the foot of Bore. He put it right inside that, that post. It was a little too far inside. I thought it could have gone closer to the post, but it was just well executed. I hope that lights a fire under him because 
goodness, we're going to need it in the next couple matches here. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, the match at the weekend coming will be one to get whatever you can, uh, I would definitely say. Um, did you like... Okay, so we've seen So and Yakik in the middle again. Um, is the balance currently correct, or do we just need to get this more time? Because I think this is the right uh, pairing in the central defense, especially with uh, Rhoda gone for the foreseeable future. But wanted to get your thoughts. Well, I think before we talk about that point in the lineup, we have to look at the back line. Um, we had a tremendous amount of questions about that defensive line. And for better or worse, they've only allowed a single goal for the last five matches now. And I think that's a dream coming off the start that they had and how discombobulated everything was. Um, So I'm pretty comfortable with the back line and whatever iteration that becomes. Uh, Focusing a little more on the midfield now, I see the potential in a Jokic and so combination there. Um, I think they got to get more comfortable with each other. It, they both made some good individual plays, uh, but there wasn't a lot of, there was some spatial issues there, whether someone was getting caught too high or too wide and a lot of empty space in the middle. I want to see a little more communication so that we're not allowing them the time and space uh, to, to other teams to counterattack us through the middle. That's what they're supposed to be there for, is to upset that rhythm that other teams get in the counterattack. And that's a little concerning to me, but I think that's a combination that can work. And certainly we have at least a couple other guys that can plug and play there as necessary. Um, But I'm okay with them. I think we can get points with that pairing in the midfield. Hmm. Because I like like what I've seen so far. I think it's going to be jolted quite a bit. Um, But hey, shoot. Um, well, as we talk, let, we're going to be. Let me say like, one more thing. Let me let me say hmm. one more thing on that. Twelve months ago, right now, uh, we were all down on Jabril So saying, you know, he's not going to cut it. We don't like him there. And then he turned it on. Uh, the last half of last year, he was probably our best player in the midfield. And Jakic is very new to the program, very very new. So getting him comfortable there, working in a very Weird position where the defense can't be trusted. The offense is sometimes non-existent. He's in a tough position right there. And just like it took Sal a little time to get comfortable, uh, Jakic might be the same way, but he deserves that opportunity. I was critical of him before the last match. Now he's growing on me a little bit. So week by week, hopefully we see improvement. Here's hoping indeed. Um, So we loved having, uh, just saying, loved seeing Timmy Chandler back in there. Um, his flexibility of being able to play on the right and on the left, I think, is extremely useful. Um, Dacosta is a little bit more, uh, a little, way more, uh, just one sided. So for us, does that mean that with our current injuries, do you think we can roll with a with a back four, or are we currently at the position where? Oh my God, Lenz really is such a big deal, and him being gone really is hurting us. Because so far, like, yeah, we're uh, really short in central defense, but I mean, who would have thought that Lenz would 
by leaps and bounds be to me the best contributor like match per match minute by minute over everybody else because everyone has had bad matches i would almost say except for lens so far yeah that's and that's concerning they he's been the best guy back there given some of the experience we have um i think hinteregger is getting better whatever issues he had earlier in the season whether it was conditioning or general comfort with the newcomers he looks to be getting back to his form from the last couple of years so that's encouraging mm-hmm. to me i think with indica now out for likely this weekend and probably foreseeable future i think it's obvious we're going to see a lot more hasebe in there um we you think tuta is really on that much on glasner's shit list that's what i don't get because he had all the tools in place last year to be successful. You have a coaching regime change. It, it Of all the things that change, when you change a manager in soccer, football, call it what you want, um, the back line, the fundamentals are similar. There's, there's some changes as far as where you move, where the ball pushes through, but the fundamental part of playing defense has the least amount of change under a new manager. And I thought Tuta was very good last year. He developed uh, the ability to be comfortable in one-on-one dribbling situations. I don't know what's going on there, but he needs to be he needs to be seeing time this weekend. We're far too thin. Uh, you know, we, we might end up seeing if, if they don't want Tuta back there, we might end up seeing Timothy Chandler back there because and it's been a long time he, since that's happened. But he's about the only other one with experience. I mean, unless I'd rather have Chandler back there than Ilsanker. Definitely would agree on that. Um, and we're, we're going to see Torre too. So, you know, between Torre and Ilsanker, Chandler, uh, Tuta. God, is he ready? Is, is Torre ready? I, I, I continue to believe that um, the only reason that he has yet to see the field is just concern. For his injury, yeah. uh, progress. I hear that. But if you're going to put a guy on the substitution list and have him on the bench dressed, you have to be comfortable putting him in the lineup if he's needed, and he's needed. So, if he's not physically ready, he shouldn't be taking up a lineup spot. Agreed. I would totally agree on it. Um, that's going to nearly wrap it up for uh, the discussion on the match day itself. But Chris, I wanted to throw you a curveball. Um, I know we talked about uh, what, you know all the injuries and the depth and everything. I want to take it away um, from the match itself to the match day itself because this is the final match day for uh, something special within the Bundesliga. At the end of a, a very uh, fun season, um, Oh, well, it's not really a fun season. The stadium just wasn't ready yet. Uh, the Schwarzwald Stadion, the Stadion under Schwarzwald Strasse, the old, old, venerable stadium of Freiburg, has seen its last match. And that was a really cohesive uh, win for Freiburg at the weekend. But I kind of wanted to give uh, this venerable old stadium its due uh, because there are fewer, like, 
Chris, you and your fandom in Detroit have seen a lot more stadiums that you grew up with that have suddenly closed up shop and you moved on to what is new. Can't, what, what can you, what, I kind of wanted to get that, pick your brain on this one. So, well, I had to let you take it away. (laughs) I had the good fortune of going to a match there in Freiburg. Um, don't recall the, the year now, around 14, 15, 16, 15, I think. Um, I had the good fortune of going to a match there, and the people there are fantastic. It, it's a great away uh, atmosphere. It's that small, old-school, four-stands feel to it. Um, but there was something about the Black Forest environment, driving in from out of town, driving into the hills, and... It, it just it sets you up for this cool atmosphere, very old school. Uh, you know, wearing away colors is not the the crazy thing. There were people handing me beers and patting me on the back. It, it was a little too nice for me. Um, <laughs> but you felt like you were in an old school football match, the way it was meant to be. And, you know, the, seeing this new stadium they built, which is beautiful by modern terms, um, I don't think you can replicate that old feel. As much as they tried to do it, it's literally sitting next to an airport in the middle of nowhere. And to me, that's just, it, it's disappointing. But it's business, you know. I, I don't fault them. I understand why they needed a new stadium, and generating additional revenue. They're going to be a better club because of the resources they will have in the new stadium. But it's disappointing to see another one, another old uh old stadium bite the dust indeed because you know we're lucky in the fact that uh they were able to find a way to uh renovate the Valge stadion into what is now deutsche bank park you know ahead of the uh the 2006 world cup you know multiple other stadiums have also gone through uh savage kind of renovations but there's there are very few stadiums left that kind of had that properly old school feel uh, that kind of well, comes along with it. Cause like, okay, Stuttgart, that's the same old stadium, but I mean, like it used to have a running track and then they renovated it. You could have said the same thing about Werder Bremen. Like, oh, well, it's not much different. It's like, well, it had a run track, even though it was a modernized stadium and then they redid it all and everything. And it's, like, it's the exact same with ours too. You know, it, our big modern 51,000 seat, uh, Deutsche Bank Park is not the old ball stadium. It, it's not far from open it. air and it, it's better right now. As far as the sight lines are 10 times better. Uh, you're right on top of the play. It's louder. It's, it's very much fan friendly. It's better for the club with the, the uh, club seating that's available. But again, we're losing another piece of that old school stuff. And it, you know, to the modern game to the younger crowd it doesn't mean as much but again i mean i'm 37 i'm 37 and i'm like the old man yelling at clouds but we're losing <laughs> a part of old school german soccer and i know, completely as, agree with that for as bad as freiburg has been over the years um how many matches did they steal off of that intimate atmosphere there and and the low ceilings over the stands just reverberating noise um plenty it was a cool place uh, it looks like a lot of the smaller clubs, like you see 
the, the smaller Premier League clubs playing in. Um, somehow those places find a way to pull the additional revenue out of the small venues. Um, it would be cool to see some of these smaller ones stay around. Uh, even mm-hmm. the, the smaller clubs that are still in the Bundesliga, like uh, Firth is investing in their stadium. And mm. uh, off the top of my mind, I can't think. There's a couple others, though, putting money into their stadiums to add that club amenities and the suites that bring in insane amounts of money that help you buy more players. It would be cool to do that with the smaller places. But, you know, the reality is it's a modern world. The stadium amenities mean everything. That's true. Um, I would say uh, Union Berlin is another one that's kind of still hanging on, but even yes. then, they've got they've got plans to you know undergo additional expansion to allow for more fans in there. Look, it's already uh, mostly all terracing presently, but you know it's only about it's a matter of time before. Everything just gets expanded out. You could say, I mean, to a, a lesser degree, all that they did at the Olympia Stadion in Berlin was just install seats. <laughs> yeah. If you want to look at like some pictures, like before the renovation ahead of the World Cup final, honestly, they only put in seats in a video board. Like, otherwise, nothing really got changed about that. But yeah. It's a it's a loss of another stadium that uh, lends to a great culture for the Bundesliga. Um, just kind of wanted to hit on that because it was uh, the video of Christian Strife uh, crying. After, you know he'd been work he's been working with this club for thirty years, and he has to say goodbye to the stadium itself. So I wanted to kind of give a salute to that and uh, that Freiburg team uh, currently sitting in fifth. Whilst we're sitting in a 14th, oh, wouldn't we want to be up there? But, wow. You know, I know we're I think we're, we're, kind of that. We're, we're the Frankfurt podcast, but it will be interesting to see how Freiburg reacts to a change of environment. Uh, when sure. you get into a routine every day of, uh, or every match day of seeing the attendance and you have your routines and, you, you know, it, it, the goaltenders, the defenders, they all have their angles that they play off of whether it's the mm-hmm. lights or, you know, it, there's so many variables that come into play in player comfort. That's why you like that home field advantage. It will be interesting to see how they build a new home field advantage here. Indeed, it will be. So, um, kind of hinted at the match day itself. Uh, wanted to track back, Chris, uh, because, you know, defense is an issue. With what is left, uh, before we kind of get into Eintracht versus Antwerp, which is going to be on the other side of hashtag, what are we drinking? Of course, we'll have our frown corner as well. Here's the question, though. Is Eintracht in a position where we can stand to weather the storm in Europe? Because Europe is coming with the match against Antwerp on Thursday. You have then that followed up by Bayern, some time off. I mean, we want. We keep on saying we want to play in Europe. We keep on saying that this is a build-in pro- progress. Are we just impatient as hell? Like, I mean, everything seems to be about like results now. But this is a, this is a team still in the process. 
do we, I mean, how much more depth do we need to build on the, the this Glasnar era before we will see the fruits of uh, what they have sown? I feel like every week we get on here and we say this is going to be the week that we're going to put it together. This is it. This is it. Uh, I'm not making any more of those bold predictions because I just don't know. Uh, can our depth carry us through? I don't think so because we've already been through iterations of balancing the cup with league play, and we botched that from day one. Uh, we've been through Europe and league play. I don't know if we botched it. We carried some draws, but we're not there yet. So if we keep taking draws, you know, you didn't lose, but we got to get a win here. Just if for nothing else, the the mindset of the fans, keeping the fans by, could you could hear the audible gasp in the air when Cologne scored that first goal. We said, oh, shit, here we go again, playing from behind. It was dead silent in that building um, for quite a while. And it's only a matter of time before the fans turn. So hopefully we take three points from Antwerp because if nothing else, we're kind of out of options. You can't survive in any competition tying every single match. Can 100% agree with you on that. All right, that's enough talking about the match day itself. The match itself. Let's go to hashtag what are we drinking? It is the time of the Martin. So it's kind of leading into where I'm going to be going with my hashtag what are we drinking entry. Chris, you always seem to have a good few entries, if not just one. What do you have for us today? Well, I didn't plan ahead enough. I made a mistake. I opened the fridge, not remembering that there was some Ryder Cup celebrations going on in my house this weekend. Um, so I dug into the fridge and I saw a Rattler. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's from Pittsburgh. I was like, oh, that's cool. I, I know them and they're semi-close to Frankfurt. And then I saw the can and it said 1%. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's not going to happen to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down to the whiskey shelf. And uh, it's not a new one for me, but it is a great one from Asbury Park, uh, New Jersey. Asbury Park Distilling Company, a double barrel bourbon whiskey. Uh, this one is a favorite of mine because it's, it's aged in gin barrels. And the whiskey kick with that gin... Uh, tinge on the end is just a really unique thing. I love it. It's a. Uh, it sounds good enough to share. Um, as mine is great for sharing. Uh, I went with the Hofbrau original. Uh, this time of year, it is uh, Oktoberfest in uh, Bavaria. Um, as folks might be aware of, um, Oktoberfest was canceled this year, but doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the beers that would otherwise be had over there as the dog is obviously running to running down the hallway to grab more beer so to that i say prost and uh yeah that's gonna wrap it up for segment one of hashtag what are we drinking we'll be back segment two where we're talking about the frauen and of course uh the euro match uh to the weekend uh so well not at the weekend on thursday so stay with Yeah, I'm 
And we're back, segment two of Hey Andre. Frankfurt, Chris, it's your favorite part of the podcast. Uh, even more than hashtag, what are we drinking? It's the Frowling Corner. So we mentioned at the weekend that uh, in, in the lead-up to Eintracht versus Köln, that Eintracht was going to face Nuremberg as they returned back from uh, the international duty. And, yeah, Eintracht took on second division side uh, SD Nuremberg and the second round of the Debe Frauen Pokal. And a 5-0 thrashing. I have not seen the highlights on this, but I am seeing some very, very familiar faces uh, on the score sheet. Yeah. Uh, Quite to satisfied. Be honest, I Quite didn't satisfied. see it either. I'm, I'm still waiting uh, for the DFL to put everything online. There's no reason it shouldn't be. But I've ranted about that before. Uh, all the familiar faces are on the score sheet. Everywhere you want to see, top to bottom. Praging, uh, Krasnikar. A little concerning that goals didn't come till this, uh, till the 54th minute. And then we kind of rolled from there. Praging had an early one, but 1 0 at the half is definitely concerning against a lower division club. But they put it all together and uh, moving on. It, it's the, unlike other competitions we've seen our clubs in, this is one where we expect to be mm-hmm. in the final. N- anything short of the final. Anything happens in a final, but anything short of a final is not enough for the Frankfurt women. And to take care of business in a second-round match is exactly where they should be. And Exactly. Um, one player who I would like to highlight, um, kind of young, recent acquisition that the Eintracht Frauen uh, pulled in, who was able to get herself on the score sheet, is young Icelandic international Alexandra Johannes Dottir. Uh, if I mispronounce that... I apologize, but Alexandra popping in, getting the goal. She's only made a handful of appearances for the Frown, uh, but you know she only came to us in January. And um, I mean, look, the, it, to me, this team is all about playing youth, giving them a chance. And I think seeing another new face in there making key contributions, this is only going to help the team out in the long term. Especially considering yeah, sure. this long season that they have. Yeah, and we're we're doing a great job putting goals on the board right now. Uh, little concern I have is that's how last year started, just flying out out the gates, putting up tons of goals, and then we kind of fell off. Uh, I'd say around the midpoint of the season, uh, but this year it looks a little more stable, a little more consistent, and there the momentum built off the cup win is important. Because the matchup at the weekend is one for table position. Uh, we're going to play Hoffenheim on Saturday. Hoffenheim sitting at fourth on seven points. We're third on nine. Um, only on goal differential. We're tied on points for first. So, you know, this is one of those early season tests where you, the opportunity is there to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to claim our stake in the top three, um, which is where I think we would expect to be at this point. Given who we've played, the amount of goals we've scored, we have every right to expect that. Now you got to come off a big cup win, recover quickly because playing Saturday instead of Sunday, uh, one less day of rest. We'll see how it turns out. So with the men playing on Sunday, there's no reason not to find a stream at 10 a.m. Saturday for the women of Frankfurt. Um, is that a hint to 
the DFB to get their shit together and get us a stream that is legal and widely available. Put the stream up. We'll put it out out on all the socials. I'll share it with all the friends. Just get me a damn stream, please. This is 2021. It's not that hard. Yeah, I, I mean, man, I totally agree with you. It's kind of ridiculous of how difficult uh, it can be to just find a stream. And we're just asking for something that's legal. We're not asking for something that's illegal. All we want is a bloody stream. And is it that hard to, is it that big of an ask? I, I mean, personally, I, don't I'm think so. totally, I'm totally willing to do the illegal stream thing. I've been, you know, getting downloads and, and streams off of very shady sites for the last year with this team. Um, I'd prefer to give you a little bit of money, pay to get a nice stream out of it. I don't care. I do it with your men's team. I'll do it with your women's team. But get your shit together. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, well said indeed. So. In fact, as we have mentioned more than a few times today, it's going to be taking part in the Europa League. So round two is up after a 1-1 draw with Fenerbahce at home. It's off to Antwerp, Belgium, to face off against Royal Antwerp. Um, Antwerp did not have as good of a time as the Eintracht, losing 2-1 to to Olympiacos to currently be in last in the group. So... A little scouting report of what I've been able to dig up on these guys, and these guys have actually gotten off to a pretty good start. Um, I've got a multiple. This is a very heavily uh, Belgian uh, base side, and just players from the Belgian diaspora uh, who are uh, all kind of come, all kind of coming together to just lead this team on. So, uh, yeah, uh, the. Finished last season uh, in the able to qualify for uh, the Europa League traditional team in in that uh, after finishing in third last season uh, they only had to go through one round of qualifying. Uh, there is a uh, American on the books, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Sam Vines, uh, who was recently in Major League Soccer with the Colorado Rapids, so it's kind of a interesting. Uh, Interesting uh, thing, you know, that uh, he could be playing up against uh, Timmy Chandler, and the likelihood is that uh, he was one. (laughs) The likelihood is that he was probably watching Timmy Chandler play for the national team as just like a young, a a young teenager, and now at age twenty-two, he's taking the same. He'll be taking the same pitch as uh, one of his fellow national team heroes. So that'd be that's a nice story to spin on it yeah i think he's out injured but certainly he'll be traveling with the team because he's one of their one of their uh, preferred guys uh, up and coming but having the opportunity to see an american international who was likely going to see the pitch this week uh would be good for him to say you know this is a guy who's played in the world cup i'm sure they know each other uh, from camps and such so It'll be interesting to uh, see Sam Vines come up in Belgium, which is a great league to develop young guys. Exactly. Uh, Daichi Kamada, where did he kind of develop himself as a player? Uh, what's the Belgium well, that's league? a terrible yeah. example. 
That's a terrible example. Did they develop oh, yeah. him? Um, he looked like a willow reed. Now he still looks like you know scrawny, but at least then, like, I mean, I saw him in like I think it was a friendly, and I was like, oh, this kid's gonna take a while to develop. And he ended up doing rather nicely in Belgium. Didn't got came to us, kind of came through with Ali Hutter. You know, got to a certain point of success. <laughs> are, you, are you back on the island? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I stitched myself a boat of willow reeds and got myself the fuck off with Wilson in tow. But uh, yeah, this, is gonna, this isn't going to be an easy one. I mean, the they had a victory at the weekend. They in the league. They are seven matches unbeaten. Um, I mean, they haven't played any of the properly heavy hitters of the league yet. So no, I mean, but they're sitting one point off the lead after nine matches. Uh, it doesn't matter what league you're in. That's that's where you want to be. So it doesn't matter if they played. They've taken care of the business that's been in front of them. Actually, uh, I thought that this was uh, the second match and the one that I saw that was the loss. They've already beaten Standard Liege. Thoroughly beating them. Uh, this one this one dude, uh, Swiss uh, Michael Frey, uh, decided to score five in that match. So, got a, guy, got a guy to aim for. Got a guy to aim for when it comes to goal scoring. Uh, 11 goals so far, none in European play. Um, it could be quite the interesting matchup trying to, sh- you know, shutting him down. But, you know, you go after one guy that then opens up opportunities for other players. This is, look, this is a very open uh, group in, in Olympiacos and Fenerbahce and Antwerp and ourselves. Like anything can happen. We could finish bottom. We could still fin- we could finish top. We could finish anywhere in between. Like there, there's so it's not cut and dry by any means. Yeah, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they line up. Uh, looking at their recent matches, they they prefer that four two three one, and um, a lot of their offense comes off of counterattacking. I kind of mentioned before how the injuries and um, disorganization in our midfield could leave us vulnerable to such attacks. So it's going to be interesting how, to see how they do it. A lot of their talent, as you look up and down their roster, they have a lot of their talent coming in from top European clubs, maybe not names you're familiar with, but growing up in, in places like Inter Milan and Aston Villa and, and Cologne, Fenerbahce, guys that have played in top-level organizations, um, this isn't just a lower-division team, or I'm sorry, a lower-league team. This is a team with some guys that have some experience. They're just younger. So I think there's an opportunity to take three points here, but as we've seen the last three weeks now, nothing is a given. Nothing is a given at all, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, so time to make our kind of predictions. What's what they are. Chris, I think with the kind of formation that we're going to have to run out in is basically going back to a Glasner ball. Uh, 4-4-2. 
kind of pretty much very cut and dry. I think we're not going to see Daichi Kamada at all because let's be real. Uh, four, two, three, one. He can work playing behind the striker. Uh, you put him out out wide. You realize how limited he can be, and I don't. I the way that we have been rolling out with a four uh, four four two. We've already tried that with him, and he he looked like he was trying too hard. He's best when you know he's able to kind of. When he's trying too hard, he makes mistakes. When he thinks too much, he's taking one too many dribbles, uh, pat or passing too early. Just he gets in his head when you don't. When, he, the, when, when the team is running, he can. He, when he's running, he's able to be more freely thinking. But in a four-four-two formation, there's no room for him at this end. Yeah, I think he's at his best when he doesn't have time to think. I mean, we saw it when he tripped over his own feet uh, trying to line up a shot. Uh, Kamada does his best work in tight spaces. That goal against Hertha a couple years ago uh, where he gave it to Silva for the back heel was a perfect example of him just in the middle of chaos finding his perfect touch. Um, I, I kind of agree that let's put him in a position where he can have an impact quickly. Where mm-hmm. you know he, yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen him turn and put a thirty, a thirty or forty yard ball right on Kostic's foot just by turning and putting the ball out there, not having time to line it up and think, just turn around and flip it out there to a guy, or you know, dribble between someone's legs quickly and then pass the ball to someone. The one thing that has to improve if we're going to take three points in this match is we have to improve our short passing, the amount of turnovers that that Cologne generated from us just off of poor passes too soft or too hard or balls hit out of bounds, uh, turning it over. It's you're never going to win a match. If you can't pass the ball 10 yards onto someone's foot. Agreed. And I think if we were to roll with a four, two, three, one, I would actually, if, um, wait, wait, was actually, was actually, uh, registered for the Europa league. I'm trying to remember. Crud. That, that was a point of contention. I'm, I'm not sure he was. Shucks. Well, I was about to say, like, throwing him with Kamada behind him, someone who's able to kind of make, you know, that instinctual pass with someone who can just run straight at a team. That kind of would be he was on combination. Yeah. Yeah. Ake was on. Uh, Jonas was the one that was left off. Ah, Jonas. Okay. Well, I mean, I think what we're going to see, I mean, I don't, I think we're going to see Kostic play, which you just, you're, you kind of wonder if there's ever, maybe during this early time of the, early time of the European group that, hey, guess what? There's not really any match that you can really take off until the very end. So, kind of have to try and uh, test, Test your luck a little bit. I, I'd like to hope that we could get back to that uh, three. Uh, you know that three at the back. We just we just don't have it. Like right now, I'm like, hey, give me, give me, uh, bring that back. Get Hasebe, get Hinti, and then get Tuta in the middle. To me, 
I think defensively you're able to get back to what uh, did work, bring back someone who we desperately need in Tuta, and kind of go from there. Have Kostic, have DaCosta kind of be those uh, guys running up the wings. So keep, you know, keep those five right in there. You know, that we really got, that formation we got so accustomed to under Adhutter. It, it wasn't goal, it's not exactly Glasner's cup of tea, but I think that then rolling out with uh, a Yakik. So in the middle, and then you happen to have uh, to me, then you could, that allowed that allowed uh, just Kamada more space to kind of do his stuff. I think he's still a very useful tool, and I think against uh, an Antwerp, that's where he can succeed because his experience playing against Belgian opposition, and he might know a handful of the players on the opposite side. Um, I think they got a Japanese uh, international as well. I mean, this seems to me like we had we have the opportunity to you know really put these guys to bed and probably put these guys to bed really early. And I don't see why we don't just go uh, full throttle for it. Maybe I'm super optimistic, but I think that uh, going out with the formation that was really good under. Uh, Hooter could work well again, but like I said, what? I'm What's optimistic. Your score prediction? Yeah. All right. Well, this beer is having uh, a good, giving me a good feeling about this one. I think that the Eintracht is going to come away with a two-one victory, but we're going to concede late, and it's going to make everyone go into panic stations. <laughs> well, the key for me uh, is every match. It. Everything goes through Kostic. But for me, it's not necessarily the offensive end. We can't have him running back into the box every two to three minutes to save our ass. Uh, he's done it enough. It, going end-to-end, 100 meters a mat, 100 meters of running 30 times a match, uh, then you might as well call him worthless against uh, Bayern on the weekend. By the way, we have Bayern on the weekend. So not mm. that I want to look ahead to that, I'm not even ready to look ahead to that yet, but I don't want to see our best player, our most important player, running so hard on Thursday he's not ready for Sunday. So for me, it's important we get a lead early. I think we have the offensive power to do that. I hope Bore you know, brought his boots again like he did last weekend because I want to spread some scoring around. I want to see one from Lammers. Uh, another one from Bore would be great. Hauga getting him involved would be great. Uh, when 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 Hauga's aggressive, uh, he's fantastic. But the problem is he can be on the on the pitch and you don't even notice him for thirty minutes at a time. And that's sure. not that's not somebody against that. Cologne. I felt that against Cologne. Now he had his mazy run that everyone t- in the beer hall that I was at took notice of, but then he just vanished. He come back. He'd come back again, but. You know, anonymity uh, can't have guys who want to uh, pursue that. Yeah. So I think I'm with you uh, early and often. I don't believe we're going to keep the clean sheet just because, you know, it's Frankfurt. We don't do clean sheets. That's okay. Uh, as long as we have the goals behind it. I'm kind of with you on 2-1, but I think it's going to be 3. I think we'll get 3 out of this one. 
Uh, maybe something a fluke, just because it's been a while. Well, if we have a three nil lead and we're entering the 60th minute, not even a freaking question. Hall Costage off. He Absolutely. will. He will be angry, and then you can just tell him Bayern is Sunday, and he'll <laughs> then be like, he'll then be like, "Yep." That's one he looks forward to. So, but there's also a part of it too where we don't want to be looking ahead to that. Um, we don't. I, I don't want the lineup to be dictated on. Well, we have Bayern on the weekend. Let's be honest. We're going to lose to Bayern. That's not a spoiler alert. That's just the way things are going right now. The more important points are the ones against Antwerp on Thursday. Hundred percent. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Andrew Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Chris for joining me to cover everything that's going on covering the Eintracht. Uh, Chris, where can we find you on the social media landscape of the world? I am on Twitter and Discord at C in the D three one three. And you can, of course, find me. That is KCSGE on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEPod. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt is our new Instagram uh, account, so give it a follow, and we will have funny bits thrown in there, including ones where uh, they, where I am being thrown to the island and the uh, life raft is being taken away. Chris, you will admit, last week was a little funny. <laughs> it was. It was too much fun. <laughs> All right, and you can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash H-E-N-P-O-N for all the latest Eintracht Frankfurt news and information in the English language. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. You can always reach us there. So from all of us here, thanks for joining us for this uh, 188th episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. We'll be back again covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt. Looking forward to Bayern looking back at Antwerp, and so much more. Until next time, choose. Are you you back on the island? Uh, No. Uh, (laughs) I I stitched myself a boat of willow reeds and got myself the fuck off with Wilson and Tobe. Hey, I'm